Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here and we pray you get something powerful from this sermon. All right, we're in our last two chapters of Hebrews. Who has enjoyed the Hebrews series? Hasn't it been amazing? We have heard from a variety of different speakers. We've heard from Wayne. We've heard from Mace. We've heard from Britt. We've heard from Mitch. We've heard from me. Have I got everybody? I hope so. If I've missed anyone, I apologise. But we have had some extraordinary messages brought to each and every one of us. But you know, every message has always been focused back on who Jesus is. It's always been focused back on the the amazing Jesus that we have in our life and what he can do in and through us. You know, last week, Mason spoke from the most famous chapter, chapter 11, the one that we all seem to know. And it's the chapter where it's the hall of fame. You know, it goes through all the different people. But as we've entered into chapter 12, it's a continuation of chapter 11, but it shows that now the heroes of the past are no longer the ones that are running the race. They're now the spectators championing us to run the race. Now, even the Hebrew writer, when he was writing, he also was saying, I'm now in the arena. I'm now running the race. Come on, now it's my turn. Let's learn from what we can learn from, but let's understand that we're now the ones that are running this race. You know, in Hebrews chapter 12, 1 to 2a, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. He calls us to get rid of the weight that is on us. You know, we are to allow God to discipline us. If you go on and continue to read in that chapter 12, we see in verse 10, it says that God discipline is always good for us. We're called to listen to God, live in peace with everyone, love people, work on our marriages, be hospitable and don't love money. That's what it says in the two chapters. So where do I start? When I was looking at chapter 12 and 13, you know, this is a a series that could go, I reckon, for six months of the year. There is so much in there for those that have been reading along and reading those chapters and prepared for this message today. You will read and go, whoa, there is so much in this that God is trying to speak to us and challenge us on. So I'm not going to speak on everything, but what I am going to speak on is stripping off the weight that causes us to not run the race in the manner that we should. You know, the writer, he's likening us to an athlete. And back then, you know, he talked about the Greek athlete. And each of them knew exactly what that meant. They knew what a Greek athlete had to go and do. You know, according to Wikipedia... The ancient Greeks developed difficult training programs and they trained the whole body, body, mind and spirit to win the race because there was no second prize. They were out there to win. They were out there to do what needed to be done. 
When I looked at the word endurance, it means the ability to endure an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving way. Getting through the trial without compromising or wavering. All right, here's my story. We were in um, LA, just out of LA, and we decided to go for a walk. Wayne said to me, if anybody knows Wayne, he loves to walk, yeah? (laughs) Sometimes it's really challenging. But this time he said to me, well, I planned the last two days, it's your turn. I said, okay. I'd read up that there were these hot springs and that there was only like this two-kilometre walk to the hot springs. I was like, easy peasy, let's do it. So I said to Wayne, oh, I'd like to go to the hot springs. They're the only free hot springs in the whole of LA. So I was like, let's do it. We don't even have to pay because you heard that Wayne wanted to save money by only letting us have one meal a day, (laughs) all under the name of fasting. But, you know, we get to this point and Wayne says, yep, let's do it. So we get there and I'm thinking, this is going to be great. We're going to have a great time. So we start to go on this walk. Well, two kilometres, hey? (laughs) Two kilometres up, 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 up. And it wasn't just an easy two kilometres. It was rock climbing. (laughs) And it was rock climbing. And we're fasting and all the other walks that we've been on during the walking, I was praying because I thought, well, I'm praying and fasting. This is a great opportunity in my head because Wayne's always like about, you know, whole heap in front of me because I can't keep up. And so I'm praying, but this time I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm like, Jesus, I'm going to die. You've got to help me, Jesus. I started to feel dizzy. I'm spinning. It was just not pretty at all. I realized that there were things that I needed to get off my body to be able to be fit enough to get up to that place that we were going. Wayne was so gracious. He'd come and he'd say to me, are you all right? And I'd go, yeah, I think I'm going to die, but we're all right. I said, God, come on, Jesus. I've got to keep my eyes on Jesus. And finally, we make it to the hot springs. I need to find out they're so flipping hot we couldn't get in. (laughs) But it's okay because I did it. And endurance was built. I endured the pain. I endured what it needed to take to get to the top of that mountain to be able to go to those hot springs. You know, there are things in our lives at times, like this scripture says, that we need to remove the weight that's weighing us down. We need to remove the things that can't allow us to walk the race, to run the race. We need to get it off us. And that's why the Hebrew scripture is so clear. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run the race with endurance, the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. Oh my goodness, I was keeping my eyes on Jesus. I knew that I couldn't get up that hill without him. Sometimes this is our life. 
It feels like we are climbing up this mountain, up this track, and then all of a sudden it feels like, oh no, now I've got to climb the rocks to get to the next section. It feels like life can be really, really difficult and the things that are weighing us down hold us back from getting to where God wants us to go. But as we put our eyes on Jesus, as we start to press into him and who he is, something shifts in our thinking and as we're able to continue to run the race, We're enabled to continue to do it because of who Jesus is, not because of who we are. But it comes in a surrender. It comes in a surrender to him and saying, it's not about me, Lord. It's about what you want. And it's about what you're challenging me to let go of. You know, the word wait, which used in this verse, refers to incorrect attitudes and actions. The word wait here has been taken from the Greek word ons, which describes a burden or something so heavy and cumbersome that it impedes a, room, a runner from running his race as he should. Here the writer says, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I've got a rhetorical question today. I don't want you to answer it, but I want you to think about it. What's weighing you down What sin in your life keeps coming back to trip you up? And what do you need to hand over to Jesus today? You know, if we look some of the weights, it's shame. Some of us feel shame. There's things that we've done in our lives that we can't seem to shake off. And we feel shameful as we're running the race. We fear of man, fear of what man thinks. If I'm running hard, what's the person over here going to think of me? What about what they think I should be doing? The hopelessness of the world and what's happening around it. Doubt, unforgiveness, holding on to unforgiveness and not allowing that unforgiveness to go. And anything unholy that we know in the scripture that the scripture is so clear on that says, hey, don't do this or don't do that but we do it. You know, James 1, 2 to 4, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. The things in our life that are holding us back or the troubles cause us to grow our endurance. So I'm asking you today, if you're going through a difficult time or if there are things that are happening in your life or there's things that you're seeming like, God, you've just got to come through. It is growing your endurance. It is enabling you to be able to continue to grow in God and do what God's asking you to do. And it's continuing to run the race. Let's not look at what we're going through as a catastrophe. Let's not look at it and say, God, this is ridiculous. I can't do it anymore. Let's look at it and say, it's not great what we're going through. This is horrible. But I know I've got the light in the room. The dark room might be there right now, but we look over in the corner and we see the little light. That's the light we put our eyes on. The scripture says to conquer this, we have to what? Look to Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Our whole walk with him is all about Jesus. So how do we win the race? Hebrews 12, 2a. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. You know, in 1 Timothy 6, 11, 
It says, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Here, Paul's coming to Timothy. And he's encouraging Timothy. And he's saying, keep running the race, Timothy. But keep your focus on Jesus. Don't let the enemy take your focus off who is the real king. Come on, let's not let him take our focus. Where's your focus? But God, everything's falling around me. You know, as I'm climbing the hill, well, the mountain wasn't a hill. Trust me. As I'm climbing the mountain, the only focus I could go to was Jesus. Jesus, I'm going to die. I'm starting to spin. I'm spinning. I'm going to pass out. No, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your focus on Jesus. Go back to where we need to go. Hebrews 12, 3 to 4. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. When you feel like you want to give up, when you feel like you're weary, stop and remember what Jesus went through. Stop and remember what he did for you. That he went to the cross for you. That he took all of that anguish and that pain. He took the ridicule. He took the persecution. He took the whipping. He took everything for you. Why? Because he loves you. And the scripture, the writer's coming and he's encouraging us once again and saying, hey, hey, come on, go back and remember. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. This is what I really love about the writer. He recognises that we're human beings and he recognises that we all struggle with sin every day. I don't know about you, but we do. I do. There are things that happen that I think, oh, why did I do that? Why did I say that about that person? Why did I in that manner? He goes on and then talks about the importance of allowing God to discipline us when we enter sin again. I don't know about you, but the word discipline has been almost made into a bad word. Discipline's not bad. Discipline's good. If I'd been more disciplined in my walking prior to going to that mountain, I probably would have made it easier. But my discipline was bad and I'd done no exercise whatsoever prior to this and then tried to go up a mountain that was quite grilling. Discipline's good. Disciplining your children is not a bad thing. People will tell you it is. Don't say no to your kids. Come on. If a child's going to go and touch a fire, what are you going to say to them? Oh, darling, it's all right. Don't, don't go near the fire, will you? Of course you're not. You're going to go, no, don't touch the fire. It's okay. Discipline's good. If the child is doing something that we don't want them to do, we're going to speak to them and they're going to have consequences for what they've done. It's okay. It's a good word. Why? Because it enables us to keep going and doing what we need to do. The scripture here says that it's made very clear in Hebrews 12, 5 to 11. And have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, 
My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord's discipline, for the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. As you endure the divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who has never been disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate and are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us, so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. The scripture here, the writer is coming and he's encouraging us and he's saying, come on, keep your eyes on Jesus. Take off what needs to come off your life. Hand over the things that are holding you back. Hand over the sin, hand over the worry, hand over the anxiety. Hand it all over to him and allow him to have control. But in the same time, allow him to come and bring discipline into your life so that you can continue to grow and be all that he wants you to be. If we're going to run our life and go forward in it and there's no one giving us direction or enabling us to grow, then we're going to end up in a place that we don't want to go. And here we see so clearly that God comes with that little voice. Why are you doing that? That's weighing you down, you know. How can you run the race? If you're going to hold on to that, come on, don't I, don't I know you better than anybody else? Hey, I'm in that fire with you. Don't worry, trust me. And as we hear the voice that speaks to us and we take our eyes off the situation and we place our eyes on Jesus, something shifts and we're enabled to continue to do what we need to do. My walk, my will in the walk up to the hot springs said, just quit. Just quit now. Just go back. We were only about 200 metres. And Wayne said to me, do you want to keep going? And everything within me wanted to go, no, I'm done. Take me back. I don't want to go any further. I'm spinning now. I'm starting to feel really ill. Take me back. He said, it's not far. Some people walked past us and said, not too far now. I'm thinking, I don't think I can do any more. But when I stopped and took a look at where I was going and what was to come, something urged me and I turned away and I said, no, I'm not stopping now. I've come too far. Stop now. It's the same in our lives. Sometimes it feels like I just want to quit. I'm done. It's all too much. I can't do this anymore, God. No, I'm out of here. And just over the crest is the most amazing situation that we're about to enter into. The breakthrough's about to come. Things are about to change. There's going to be something that takes place that we can't even imagine or fathom. But the problem is too many of us, we quit right at the point where the enemy has us. And he has us as a place where we think, I can't do this anymore. But 
if we can just take our eyes off the situation, take our eyes off the enemy and put our eyes back on Jesus. Something pushes us and as we go forward in the race, something over the crest is amazing. Let's not give up when the enemy tells us to give up. Let's keep pressing through and being who we're meant to be. The outcome of the race Sorry, in Hebrews 12, 25, it says, Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. Come on, he's speaking. Jesus is speaking. He's speaking to you today. He's encouraging you. And he's saying, give it to me, lay it down. You know, the outcome of the race we are running is to live in accordance to how Jesus would want us to live. Our lives are not our own. If we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Saviour, our lives are not our own. He owns us. Does Jesus own all of you? Have you surrendered? Have you allowed the weight to be surrendered? Have you allowed those things that are causing you to sin to be surrendered? In Hebrews 13, 1 to 6, it says, Keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality as strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realising it. Remember those in prison as if you were there for yourself. Remember also those being mistreated as, you, as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. Give honour to your marriage and remain faithful to the one, one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you and I will never abandon you. So we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. So I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? The promise here is that he will never fail us and he will never walk out of our room. What is it that weighs you down? What is it that weighs you running the race? And you're looking around and you're thinking, I can't do it anymore. Or you're running really well and then some hiccup happens and you think, oh no, it's happened again. And you want to sit down and you want to camp in the place where you are and not move on. That was the problem with the Israelites. They couldn't keep their eyes on Jesus and they kept having to camp and stay where they were because they wouldn't allow God to reign over their lives. And the issue with us as human beings is it's so easy to camp and stop running the race. Stop continuing to do what God wants us to do. Sometimes we're there and we're holding on to those things and we're still saying, I believe in you, Jesus, but we've taken our eyes off him. We've taken our eyes off who he is and what he wants and we've forgotten that endurance can grow and that we continue to be developed and stretched. We're not done, but life is not easy. Sorry to disappoint you. Sometimes it feels great, but sometimes it's not. What do we do then? Do we camp and give up? 
What do we rise up and say, I'm not taking my eyes off Jesus. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to make it to those hot springs. Nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to do it. It's going to happen. But I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. I'm going to keep my eyes on him. Tim, if you'd like to come and the team would like to come. Today, what I want us to do is have a moment. I've asked the team to come and they're going to sing. But what I've got is on the sides here is I've got some pebbles and they represent the weight. They represent maybe that sin that we're holding on to or the weight that we're carrying, the situation that we're going through, the unforgiveness that we're holding on to. We've taken our eyes off Jesus and we've allowed the situation to grip us and we've not allowed him to be in control. And he's asking us to surrender. He's asking us to surrender everything that we have, everything that we are, everything that we're going to be to him. And he's asking us to say, yes, Lord, Lord, I will be in this race. I'm going to endure and I'm going to win the race. I'm going to make sure that I continue to run with fervour. I'm going to continue to run with what I need to do to run to the end. And when we meet the maker, the maker says to us when we're there and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You didn't give up. You kept your eyes on me. You kept looking towards me. You kept saying that I know that you're with me in the fire. I know that you're there with me 24-7 that you'll never abandon me. You'll never fail me. That as we're here this morning, there are some things in our lives. Some of you may be having some issues that are going on. Nobody needs to know. But what we're going to do as a congregation, I want to give an opportunity to do something symbolic. Sometimes it helps to recognise what it is and to pick it up and say, I'm not holding this anymore. I'm not holding this unforgiveness in my life. I'm not going to allow this to destroy me anymore. I'm going to keep my focus on Jesus. So today, I'm going to put it at the footstool of Jesus. And as we do this symbolically, we're recognising we can't do this life on our own. We're recognising that as the writer in Hebrews continued to do right through the whole book of Hebrews and kept coming back to Jesus, kept coming back to Jesus, kept coming back to the reason that we're here is Jesus, kept coming back to the fact that Jesus died on the cross. He is the Son of God. He is the God of the impossible. He can shift anything, move anything, change things. He can do it just like that. And it's as we begin to put our trust in Him and we say, Jesus, I trust you in this. I'm not gonna hold this anymore. As we put it in the basket, Acknowledging and saying, I'm not carrying it anymore. That sin that keeps creeping in, not carrying it anymore. I'm surrendering that today, Jesus. So I'd love you to stand to your feet right now. Please 
don't sit there. The scripture says we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect. None of us have got it all together. But as we are willing to say, I surrender, something happens. So the team, they're going to sing the song, Make Room. Because we want to make room for Jesus to touch our hearts today. And we're going to come. I just want you to come, grab a pebble. And as you put that in the box, say, I'm surrendering that. I'm not holding it anymore. That depression, I'm not holding it anymore. That anxiety, I'm not holding it anymore. The troubles that I'm having in my family, I'm not holding them anymore. That sin that keeps creeping in, I'm not holding it anymore. I'm giving it to Jesus. And so on either side is a pebble. I know it seems like a silly thing. But literally, as you hold the pebble in your hand, you're saying, I'm holding this and I ain't holding it anymore. I'm giving it to Jesus. And the team's going to sing and I encourage you, come and just lay it down before him this morning and allow him to touch your heart afresh. To do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to, Lord. To do whatever you want to. It's not too late if you haven't come and decide to pick up that pebble. Don't be afraid to hand it over. Don't be afraid to say, I don't want it anymore. I'm sick of that sin that keeps creeping in. I'm sick of the weight that keeps holding back from being all that you're asking me to be, Jesus. I'm putting my eyes on you. Lord, as we've surrendered the things in our life today, I pray that we will not pick them back up. That we won't allow the enemy to come back in our ear and say, you haven't conquered that, that's not over. You haven't handled that situation right. But the Lord, we are growing in our endurance to run this race and run it well and to continue to keep our eyes on You, to live our lives in accordance to what Your Word says. As the Hebrew writer said, that we are to live our lives as holy in holiness, to live in accordance to how Jesus would want us to live. Lord, we are not perfect. The writer made that clear, that he said that he understood that we are sinners and fall short of the glory of God. But as we've laid down those things today, as we have surrendered them, I pray right now that You will remove them, that You will shift our thinking, that You will not allow us to pick them back up. And that You will give us the endurance to continue to run. We will not camp, but we will get up and we will run this race well and do all You've asked us to do. We thank You, Lord. We're keeping our eyes on You. That's what your scripture says. How do we do this? By keeping our eyes on Jesus. And that's what we're doing right now. Right now, I just want to finish by reading that last passage of scripture that um, was read, spoken to to the people. And it's from Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. It's our last charging right now in this passage. 
Now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with His blood. May He equip you with all you need for doing His will. May He produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to Him or glory to Him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including service times and our live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.